Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Eric McMahon. On this episode, we've got updates on Michigan basketball, hockey, and football coach Jim Harbaugh, plus some recruiting and portal news. That and more coming up on Wolverine Confidential. guys going to be with you here Tuesday morning January 23rd kind of icy rainy snowy Ann Arbor uh we've got various topics to cover as I mentioned in the intro but let's start with like the newsiest one which is which is Jim Harbaugh um yeah I guess Aaron we'll start with you just what's what's the latest set the table here for you know Harbaugh's interviews and, and where he's at in his you know pursuit of an NFL head coaching job yeah, he's a legitimate candidate for two head coaching vacancies, I guess you could say. Uh, the Chargers being one and the Atlanta Falcons being the second. He's interviewed with both already once, and he's scheduled to interview with both franchises again this week. So that would be interview number two for each team. That you know signals that he's a legitimate, you know, probably top-tier candidate. Uh, the odds would tell you that, that, that the Chargers are the, the, the favorite. Uh, at last I checked this morning, he was like minus – 400 or something like that to get the Chargers job on DraftKings. So that is the the spot to look at right now. Um, we believe he's set to interview either today or Wednesday. And then I, I, I read that the Falcons are on Thursday. So we may get some clarity on the situation by the end of the week is, is my guess. Um, I can't imagine either franchise wanting to, to interview him beyond the second time, although I guess it's possible. Um, uh, yeah, so that's where things stand. We're kind of in a holding pattern right now. We're waiting for a decision to be made, an offer to be extended, assuming there is one, and and Jim to make a decision. Uh, right now, it certainly leans like he's going to the NFL. I mean, he's all signs point to him being clearly interested in going back to the NFL, uh, from the, hiring the agent to waiting this this out, waiting to sign a contract extension with Michigan. There's just a lot going on here, and and we're waiting. Uh, you know, as is really the case has been the last couple of years in this time of the year, January and February have kind of always, especially the last two years, have been reserved for Jim and his NFL exploits, and that's that's been no uh, there's been no, uh, no 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 difference this year. And, and the fact that the the Chargers still have an open GM's uh, position as well, kind of just it, it seems like the stars are aligning a little bit, like they can hire someone that did work with Harbaugh or worked well with Harbaugh, they hope, and 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 he can help turn around that that franchise. Uh, again, uh, Atlanta's an intriguing spot, too. If uh, like they're, they're in a division that's very winnable, 
it feels like they're a quarterback away from contention. And I mean, they pick eighth overall. Do they want to hire Jim and then snag JJ at number eight? I mean, it's probably a little bit early, but it's, you can kind of guarantee yourself a quarterback and maybe, you know, bring in another guy for a year or two and before JJ's ready, but both spots make sense. And I think that he can win in, in either spot. And yeah, like Aaron said, it, it looks like there's legitimate interest on his part to, to return to the NFL this year. And it might finally be re- being reciprocated unlike, uh, in, in years past where he hasn't really received an offer. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think of the idea of, you know, Bill Belichick getting one of those jobs and, and Harbaugh then maybe getting the other? Yeah, that, that's certainly where things are leaning. Uh, I think Bill Belichick is the favorite to to get the Falcons job. He has interviewed twice already for that, for that you know, that franchise. Uh, Jim, I think probably it was, it was seems like the the other option. But the you know, the way I've been reading things, the Falcons are also planning to interview several other candidates. They're bringing Mike Vabr- Mike Vabril, uh, Vrabel this week. Uh, they've interviewed a ton of coordinators. So, the, and I think one ESPN report on Monday cla- uh, clear, um, described the interview as, as wi- or the search as wide open. So the Falcons, I don't necessarily know don't necessarily know where they're going. Uh, while Belichick is a favorite, they could they could go somewhere else as well. But uh, as Zook pointed out, I mean, Jim wants to go where I think he is in a good situation to try and win a Super Bowl. Um, obviously, there's work to work to do with both franchises. There's there's deficiencies in, in on both teams, but they have the pieces to to, to do it. As Zook said, like you know, the Falcons are in a relatively weak division. Um, the Chargers have an intriguing quarterback and some intriguing pieces def- defensively. So the, the makeup is there. It's just about kind of putting it together and, and, and kind of busting through. So, um, and that, look, the Jim has made no bones about going, wanting to go back to the NFL and winning a Super Bowl. That remains his goal of his. He's accomplished everything he could at Michigan, won three Big Ten titles, won a national championship. Now is the time to go. And I, th- I think if the situation is there it, it, and, and Jim likes it, likes the makeup of the franchise and where things are headed, um, you know, th- this would be the, the time to go. Yeah, it, it seems like there's – a lot of quality candidates this year too, and not a lot of great openings. And like, I'm surprised like Mike Vrabel, I mean, to me, Mike Vrabel would, Vrabel would be a top candidate. I mean, what he was able to do with the Titans with little talent, in my opinion, uh, was pretty remarkable. And he's still pretty young and can relate to players. And I mean, Bill Belichick's got, got the, the track record he has. I mean, there's there's a lot of intriguing candidates out there too, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't see Harbaugh wanting to go full rebuild with like the Panthers. Uh, I mean, Seattle's probably pretty uh, can compete. Commanders maybe not. Um, Titans are in a little bit of a, a precarious position too. So I mean, there's it, it makes sense why he's kind of dialed in or zeroed in on these two uh, openings as far as Harbaugh goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, it just seems like there's some quality candidates and there could be more if if teams had more uh you know what to fire their coaches after disappointing seasons but i mean that's not my uh my job to speak on that but it, it, it's i thought there might be some more openings after the first round of the playoffs too well whether he goes to the nfl or returns to michigan uh i, I guess where does it kind of leave michigan right now it seems like they're in a bit of a, a holding pattern obviously with with not just the staff but then uh, you know, the roster, whether it be recruiting high school prospects or, you know, hitting that hitting that transfer portal, I guess, Ryan, where do kind of things stand with Michigan? And we can get into how, you know, some of the, some of their rivals are are you know making progress in those areas. Right. So, I mean, right now is a, a very crucial it's a contact period during the recruiting cycle. So it means like uh, schools can bring prospects in and, and meet with them. They can go to their high schools and talk with them. And 
Uh, it, it's a vi valuable time, but it's tough for Michigan right now because there's so much uncertainty around their head coach. Like, I mean, Shromore and a lot of the assistants have been out recruiting, but it's not like they're going to pick up a commitment right now. Like, why would a kid commit to a program when you don't know if Harbaugh is coming there and you don't know for sure, like people can say, yeah, it's probably going to be Sharon, but it's no guarantee. So you would probably want to wait and see what, uh, what, what unfolds there. And I mean, if you're Michigan, you kind of want something to happen sooner rather than later, especially for like Gatlin bear, though, their one really only remaining target in the 2024 class. They've been recruiting him for a long, long time. They finished second place to BYU or Boise state in his initial recruitment, he decommitted, and now it's between Michigan and Oregon. And it seemed like Michigan had the edge, but now Oregon's making a push, like Dan Lanning staying there. They have some momentum. They've been landing some good guys in the portal. And then there's Michigan right now with a lot of uncertainty. So, if I mean, the early or the traditional uh, or signing period is the first Wednesday in February. That's coming up. Who knows if we'll have clarity by then, but it's starting to maybe not look as good for Michigan on that front. But the the real question is the, is the 2025 cycle and them kind of being behind the eight ball there. And then, yeah, like they, they haven't been as active in the transfer portal. And just like you, you saw how important every single portal addition was for this team this year. If they don't have a Drake Nugent or an A.J. Barner or uh, Josiah Store, some of the other guys. Who knows that they win the title? So they they're going to have holes to fill. Um, so yeah, it's it as soon as Jim makes a decision, I think Michigan needs to uh, get someone in place almost immediately. Yeah, I mean let's let's Ohio State obviously is one of those teams that that has been um, you know active in in the portal. Um, you know they added uh, uh, Alabama's you know quarterback, the freshman that was coming in who had already you know enrolled uh, early, but with with Nick Saban leaving, uh, you know entered the portal and now ended up at at Ohio State. They had already got you know a quarterback from Kansas State um, previously, as, as you know as well as some 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 other players at different positions. Um, yeah, I mean I guess this is to be expected, right? They have a coach and, and staff in place, so they can be they can be way more active. Yeah, I mean they 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 got Caleb Downs too, the the safety from from Alabama. We saw in the, in the Rose Bowl, one of the better young players in the country. I mean they're loaded right now. Uh, Ohio State is going to be an intriguing team. They probably will be the favorite to win the Big Ten next year, potentially win the national championship, and, and rightfully so. They, they've used the off season to try and load up. I think they realize some of the deficiencies that they've had the last couple of years. And look, there's there's a there's part of it is desperation mode too, right? Like Ryan Day realizes he doesn't have much longer of a leash. I mean, you've got to win the Big Ten and get to the national championship, given the the star power and talent that they've had the last couple of years. It's not like they haven't had they've had bad teams, you know, last three years. They've had good teams. They've just lost to Michigan every year. So uh, this is the year to do it. And I think they realize that they're they're loading up. Um, it, you know, it's it, it's do or die time for 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 the Buckeyes. I'm really curious to see how they, they they fare next year. But right now, I mean, gosh, you look up down the the, the transfer portal. They they landed some elite coaches. Brought in Bill O'Brien to be the offensive coordinator and potentially call plays. Oh, let's pump the brakes on Bill O'Brien a little bit. Is some elite addition like that's the one maybe questionable thing they've done this offseason. Like I don't know if that's going to move the needle that much. But hey, he's the the players they brought in. He's got experience <laughs> coaching quarterbacks. He's he's won at the high level. I mean, he's respected. I mean, it seems like his name always comes up for head coaching jobs. Maybe that's more the work of his agent than anyone else. But he's well respected in the industry. He's got a lot of experience. And look, 
the knock against Ryan Day the last couple of years has been like the play calling offensively, right? So if you can put it in someone else's hands, and look, I'm not saying Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien could be is, is the guy, but if you can get a fresh, fresh set of eyes and a fresh, you know, take on things, maybe it changes things up. I, I don't know, but like that's been the one knock against the Buckeyes is some of the play calling offensively. So we'll see if it changes. Uh, they certainly got the talent to do it. Uh, we'll see if they can they can put it together in, in 2024. I mean, except for playing against Michigan, I thought their play calling was pretty good for C.J. Stroud for the two years. And then, yeah, Kyle McCord this year obviously wasn't up to par. But, yeah, the fact that they've landed, like, the number one options at certain positions in the portal, even they landed the top-ranked running back in the, in the portal, too, from from Ole Miss. So it's, And I love that Lane Kiffin was out there retweeting or that, that they, Ohio State, like, spent $13 million in the portal this year. I mean, I, that's kind of a, a funny thing, too. But, like, if – you're Michigan you've got to start being more involved you would think like in in trying to land some of these guys and I saw yesterday that CJ Stroud donated um six at least six figures to uh, uh an NIL collective at Ohio State I mean you wonder if that's going to start opening the floodgates for other former players to, to donate to their alma maters and and try and get them uh, and and boost their uh, NIL collectives and, and trying to retain and, and land players in the portal because right now, yeah, Michigan is is lacking in that regard, and um, they're going to need to make some splashes probably in the in the spring portal um, opening because they're they're going to have holes as we talked about last podcast. They're losing a, a lot of players, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Second uh, podcast in a row that Zook came in hot about a former uh, NFL head coach. I'm trying to think last week uh, was the Chargers guy. That the, uh, was, it was Brandon Staley. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if you're you know, a Michigan fan, you maybe take some comfort in the fact that this has happened the last few years with Harbaugh, you know, the offseason stuff and maybe getting delayed uh, in your recruiting and, uh, you know, the, your, the portal. Um, stuff because you went to the playoffs. Um, now, obviously, this was the first year they went to the national championship that pushed it back even even another week. But um, you know, dis- despite those distractions and you know the late start, they still had the success on the field each year and, and still beat Ohio State. You know, actually. So, but I don't know. Maybe now this is the, it'll it'll start to to catch up with them with the roster. I I don't know. Um, but. I, I think you're. I think you're right there. Because like their their recruiting classes haven't been great the past couple of years, and they've had a, like even like the Will Johnson class and with the Mason Grams and him and and Kenneth Grants. There were some some intriguing pieces there. I don't think their the 2023 class was uh, that great, and in 2024 it's tough for for freshmen to make immediate impacts. I mean, I don't think they're going to be bad next year, but uh, yeah, they're they're definitely not going to be the favorite. And I, right now, I'm looking at Ohio State, and it's like wow. I think they're definitely going to, they're going to be a pretty big favorite to to win it all next year, even with the conference expanding. But you never know. There there could be some some more uh, some big names in the in the portal come come the spring, and, and Michigan's very active then. I think they will be. Um, but yeah, you need a head coach first, and at that point, we don't know who that's going to be. Right. Um, all right. Let's move on to some some talk of uh, winter sports. Uh, Zook hockey. We previewed this uh, last podcast, the Michigan Michigan State um, series. How did how did that go? Yeah, I mean it's it was a monster series. I know it's still only January, but it's it's the second half of the year and it's crunch time. And uh, first time in twelve years that MSU was ranked higher than Michigan heading into a a series. I mean the Spartans are are legit this year. They've got they've finally brought in some some quality talent. They were very active in the portal. And I think a lot of people were interested in to seeing how this was going to go. 
And on Friday night, Michigan goes in there and uh, absolutely smashes Michigan State seven to one. Um, I mean, they were controlled from the outset, taking a three nothing lead in the first period. Continue to pour it on. Emotions kind of boiled over, led to like 170 something penalty minutes in the game. Um, and then Michigan, one of Michigan's arguably their top forward, Gavin Brindley, got hurt in, in that game and didn't play Saturday. So you're like, oh, how, how, top, uh, top line forward without him. How is that going to happen in the second game of a back to back? Well, for the first half of the game, it didn't really matter. I mean, Michigan dominated for the first 30 minutes one of their most dominating 30 minutes I've seen them play since I've been covering the team uh went up four to one midway through the game um the guy that scored Rucker McGordy a first round pick that was his 10th shot of the game for their fourth goal and Mission State had nine shots as a team I mean they were completely dominating and then after the TV timeout midway through the the period the wheels completely fell off and Sparty came back with four goals in the in the rest of the period to take a five to four lead uh, had another one in the third and yeah, ended up storing six straight before Michigan pulled within uh, two late uh, for a seven to five final. So uh, a missed opportunity there for, for the Wolverines and uh, they, they kind of needed a sweep that a sweep would have been huge. Um, they're kind of on the, they're on the bubble right now, as far as the NCAA tournament goes um, beating a, a, a MSU team that was ranked top 10, would have been huge and for the pairwise. It's still not a, a backbreaker. They're still 14th, and it, it, it didn't kill their season. But like they got a tough schedule coming up, and it's like, man, you're up four to one against your rival in complete control, and then just some costly, costly turnovers, poor puck management. Four pucks are in the back of your net at, in the last 10 minutes of the second period, and uh, at home, and it's just a kind of a, a shocking thing to see that I've, I've never seen a game change that quickly. And all of a sudden, you're splitting with your rival instead of earning a, a a sweep. And yeah, I mean, players knew it. They uh, they said, yeah, we outplayed them for 110 out of 120 minutes, and yet we both finished with three points on the weekend. So, um, kind of a squandered opportunity. But they're moving on to uh, face a, a top five team this week in Wisconsin too. So we'll see if they can bounce back. Um, they're at home, probably need to get uh, at least one uh, one win this weekend. Otherwise, it could be a, a tough, tough road to get to the tournament moving forward. All right. Basketball uh, women since I think since we last talked, they've they played two games. They they lost at Nebraska, um, but one at Rutgers. Um, they are. What do I have here? 13 and six overall, four and three in the Big Ten. Um, you know, s- scoring usually when they, when they score a normal amount of points, they, they win, uh, you know, when there's six losses, two of them, they've owned three of them. They've been in the forties, uh, another one in the fifties. Um, you know, and that was the case in, in, um, you know, the loss at, at Nebraska, they only scored 43 points. So you're not going to win, uh, too many games when, when that happens. Um, they host Maryland Wednesday night, uh, and then they're at Michigan state, uh, on, on Saturday. So, you know, a couple, couple big games coming up for, for the women. Uh, the men are seven and 11, two and five in the big 10. Um, you know, they, they beat Ohio state on Monday, which we last Monday, which we, we talked about the 15th, um, but then lost at home to Illinois, 88, 73. It was a one point game at half, but you know, machine gifts gave up way too many points in the second half and, um, you know, could not could not hang with Illinois. They go to Purdue tonight. They're they're at number two ranked Purdue. Um, 
nine o'clock PM here tonight, January 23rd. Uh, it's on the Peacock game. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be, it's going to be a huge challenge. I mean, Michigan is a, is like 17 or 18 point underdog in this game. Um, you know, Purdue, they, their offense is in, incredible. You know, with, with Zach Eady in the middle, the seven foot four, 300 pound senior national player of the year last year, uh, you know, front runner again right now to win that award for a second straight year. Um, you know, and they surround them with a, a lot of other capable scorers and, and shooters. So, you know, it's kind of, kind of pick your poison for Michigan, uh, who, you know, has had Hunter Dickinson in the past for these, these matchups with, with Edie, uh, but, you know, obviously doesn't anymore, um, and won't have starting point guard Doug McDaniel for this game either. Since it's, it's a road game. So he will be, he will be sitting out, um, you know, puts a lot more pressure on on the other guards and and everyone else on this team. So it would be a huge upset if Michigan can pull it off, but we'll we'll, we'll see. Kudos too to the Purdue coaching staff because it seems like every year I watch Edie, he's getting better and better as a player. I, I think done a good job with develop developing him. I remember watching him as a freshman; he was so like uncoordinated. Here's this like big hulking guy who like he could finish the basket, but like you, you know he was kind of sloppy with the ball and would turn it over. And now it's like he's he's a he's a beast, man. Like he has a legit and like NBA. Uh, future and i mean he's, he's a good player when was his freshman year like 2014 <laughs> seems like he's been around a while <laughs> he's a normal he's a normal fourth year senior all right, uh, all right, yeah all right. i know i know so yeah he came in with with dickinson so that, yeah they've been you know competing for a little while but um yeah i mean it is it is amazing his you know conditioning has just gotten so good i mean he plays you know about 30 minutes a game you know no problem um you know he makes his free throws now he's at 75 percent from the line um yeah. And it's just, it is, it is, it is amazing. Um, you know, obviously Purdue's problem has been, you know, in the, in the NSA tournament, but in the, in the big 10, you know, they've, they've been, they've been a force now for years. They won, you know, the regular season and the tournament last year. Um, and, you know, I think their, their game in the loss column behind Wisconsin right now. Um, but, you know, haven't, haven't played them, them yet either. There are two matchups with them, but, uh, yeah, they're they're good. Seven, 17 and two overall. So uh, haven't lost at home, you know, all year. And uh, yes, this will be this will be quite quite the challenge for a Michigan team that just you know hasn't hasn't shown it yet uh, against you know really good teams. So yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have coverage of all this stuff. Uh, Jim Harbaugh and, and then the winter sports and more uh, on MLive.com/slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.